online. It's absolutely brilliant to have you with us. Uh, once again, hey, we're in the season of Advent. It's Christmas, the lead up to the birth of Christ. So exciting. I hope you're excited about what is coming up. See, Advent is this time of expectation, a time of waiting, a time of hoping. And I don't know about you, but uh, one of the things over this lockdown season, which we've kind of got a little bit better at is online shopping. Who's excited about online shopping? And I think with online shopping, it is all about that ex expectation, waiting, hoping that it will turn up. I know uh, there's a bunch of Christmas presents which I've brought on uh, AliExpress coming in from China. And you know, it's, will they turn up or will they not? You know, the tension around that. Or will I be uh, pointing to the kids and going, hey, look at that boat out in the harbour sitting there. Your parent, your presents may or may not turn up in the next six to eight weeks. You know, when we buy things online and, you know, that excitement you get when the, uh, with a big yellow courier van turns up in the driveway, which rolls up, uh, you hear the sound, and, and then you realise it's actually for that house behind you. Or, or you finally get uh, you know something you've bought online and and it looks so good on the uh, on the photo on the website uh, on the model and then uh, when it turns up that piece of clothing uh, Asian sizing ends up uh, two or three sizes too small or maybe it is that I'm just two or three sizes too big I know it's a bit depressing but hey online shopping it's uh, it's it's a new thing and uh, I'm Glad that, uh, hope that you're experiencing uh, a bit better than I am around that. But, but we live in this time of Advent, of, of expectation. And in traditional churches, the whole idea of Advent, it, it just means arrival or coming. And it's uh, particularly around the arrival of something special or someone special. And time of anticipation, waiting for the birth of Christ and the lead up to that. And this, obviously, this, this season toward, points towards Jesus, points towards Christmas and the birth of the Saviour, such an important time. And over Advent, the, in the traditional Advent churches, it's usually four weeks, because, uh, but because we're uh, special, we've kind of managed to reduce it into the next uh, three weeks. So today, uh, we're talking about uh, John the Baptist and preparing the way. Then next week, on the 12th, uh, we're talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus, and then on the 19th, uh, the birth of Christ. So important, and that's going to be a fantastic service uh, with kids and everything. And so the, the traditional reading uh, for this Sunday is Isaiah 40, verse uh, 3 to 5. And this absolutely plays right into my hands because it's uh, one of my favorite passages. It's the passage, actually, which we uh, planted the church on. It's this passage which is dear to my heart. It's, it's the prepare the way, make a way for Jesus. Uh, let me just read it to you. It says this. It's a, Isaiah 40, verse 3 to 5. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley should be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground should be made level. The rugged places are plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together. And it's the revelation of the glory of God. And it's a prophecy by Isaiah. Uh, back in the Old Testament, but it's pointing towards John the Baptist, who is pointing towards Jesus. It's make a way for Jesus, prepare a way, make the pathway straight, lower the barriers, remove the obstacles, so that people can get to Jesus, so that there's this revelation of Jesus 
and an encounter with him. And if we shift forward in, into the New Testament in, in the book of Mark, uh, Mark chapter 1, I'm going to read that to you, which, which presents John the Baptist there. And it starts off in Mark chapter 1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized him in the, in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camels here with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I. The straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize with you water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So here's, here's John the Baptist, and he's Jesus' cousin. He's been born a few months before him, and, and he's kind of this slightly rugged, fearless, hermit-like character who's coming out of the desert. And I, I imagine him, like, with this, you know, this straggly beard, and he's got, you know, a couple of locust legs hanging out of his bed, which is hanging down, and there's honey a little bit drizzled there, and, and he's got these camel hair, scratchy wild skins uh, as, as clothing. And he's this, this guy with he's standing on the, on the banks of the River Jordan, and he's calling out, uh, repent, turn from your sins, and uh, slightly wild character. And I also imagine him with, with you know, like a big placard uh, saying, repent, <laughs> repent. And, uh, but the surprising thing about John, which kind of surprises me, is that uh, his preaching uh, received immense like popular success. I mean, people turned up, people were baptized, people came in their multitudes to hear his message. You know, and, and when you get a little bit of a sample of his preaching style, uh, you know, like one day one the, the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees turn up and read it in Matthew chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. And when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers. I mean, how about that? He says, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in keeping with repentance? And uh, here's John the Baptist. I mean, he, he, was, he, was, he was a crazy guy. He was like right into it. But it's this prepare, get ready for Jesus, get your heart right. And I think what Jesus, uh, John the Baptist rather, was saying to the Pharisees and to the religious leaders and, and to the people of the day, uh, make sure that your heart is right. You know, don't get caught up on all the outside trappings. Because that was what was happening. Don't try to look good um, and impress people. And it's not about um, wearing, you know, fancy robes and trying to put on this big show. But it's about your heart and getting your heart prepared for the coming king. And I think in this season, in, in, in the busyness, we can, we can so easily get caught up in everything else, trying to, you know, get the Christmas tree up, trying to get all those presents sorted and trying to, um, you know, order the Christmas ham and trying to get everything in order, so, you know, so that when the in-laws uh, come around that we can actually look good or look like we've actually got it together and uh, know what we're doing. 
but how about that we actually take some time, and this is like my encouragement to you this morning, that we make sure that we take some time out to prepare our hearts and get our hearts right before God rather than trying to look so impressive. See, the most important guest is turning up. The Messiah, the King is coming. And that we should have this heart which is expecting, waiting, hoping for that moment. See, John the Baptist, he worked this out. He had this ability to know who he was and then to place Jesus in the highest place. See, when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, he, he was at the height of his popularity. Everything was going great from people were flocking to him. They were coming to his, his sermons. They were coming to his services. But he realized that he was just the forerunner and that his mission was accomplished and that he steps into the background. He had stirred a nation. He had roused the people. He had, he had announced the coming Messiah. He had announced Jesus as the Son of God. His work was done. He says, you know, one more powerful than I is coming. I'm not even worthy to, you know, tie his sandals. And in John 3.30, he says, he must increase, talking about Jesus, and I must decrease. And his job was to point people to Jesus, to, to make the path straight, to smooth out the rough ground, to raise up the, the, the valleys to become level, that the glory of God would be revealed. And, and I think that's what event is about, this time of preparation for the coming of Christ and making sure that we prepare our hearts before God and that also that we make a way for others, that we remove the obstacles for others so that they can easily find Christ, that the obstacles would be removed and that the glory of God would be revealed. See, I, I think that repentance is, is not a you know a one-time action but it's I think it's an ongoing everyday thing and my encouragement is we'd stop take a moment in all the busyness and prepare our hearts before him see repentance is simply stopping and running around about everything else and turning towards Christ turning towards him and presenting ourselves before him. I read this little um, verse, well not verse, no, little quote uh, from Tim Keller, who's one of my uh, favorite theologians. And he said this, he said, Jesus says the infallible test of spiritual integrity is your private prayer life. And when I read that, it just challenged me. And uh, man, we, we, we've got to continue to make sure that our private prayer life, it's what we do in private, which is so important. And I know with prayer, you know, there's always that feeling that we could always do more. You know, it talks about pray without ceasing. I don't know how you do that. But it's kind of like, you know, and I, I want us as a church that it's, it's no guilt, it's no condemnation. But I want to encourage us that we make sure that we maintain that place of intimacy with God, that, that private prayer life, that place where we become before God. I mean, for, for me, one, one of the, um, when I go for my prayer walks or just um, yeah, pray, I have like a worship playlist. And uh, the first song always on that playlist is this little 
um, it's an oldie. It's a traditional. It's a kind of gospel spiritual number. It's and it's sung by sung by this guy Dallas Graham. It's, it's just this little thing standing in the need of prayer. It's me. I actually. I'm just going to play it for you. It's probably easy to do in, in this. Just listen to the words of this. It's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my father, not my mother, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my father, not my mother, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my sister, not my brother, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the not my sister, not my brother, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. See, I, I just love that. It's me, oh Lord. I'm standing here in the need of prayer. I, I'm in need of you. And just taking that moment to just seek his attention, his forgiveness, his love, that place where we confess our sins, that place where we just say, God, I'm reliant on you that we come back to that place, that we prepare our hearts, that he might increase and I might decrease. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. That's what Advent is, that waiting, hoping, expecting, that there would be more excitement uh, around Jesus than there would be around the delivery, that courier van turning up in your driveway. And that's, a, that's an exciting thing. You know, the endorphins kick in when you hear the van. But I love it that, that the endorphins would kick in when we think of Christ and the relationship that we can have with him. That we would prepare our hearts, that we would prepare a way, that would make a way for Jesus. That in our church, that would make a way for him to be revealed, that would point people towards Christ, that they would discover, that there would be fresh revelations of who God is in this season. Let me just pray for you as we finish. Dear Lord, I thank you that you came to this earth, that we might have freedom, that we might have life, that we might have liberty. Lord, and in this season, in this lead up to Christmas, Lord, I pray, Lord, there would be an increased expectation. There would be an increased intimacy. There would be increased connection with you, O oh God. Lord, come. We're expectant. Amen. Hey, have a brilliant week. Looking forward to seeing you again next week. God bless you.